Welcome to Dwell in the Word from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. Bible readings and devotional commentary to help you grow in faith by dwelling in God's holy word. It is Wednesday, April 19th. Today we're going to take a look at Isaiah chapter 63. We're going to finish up from verse 15 through the end of the chapter, and then do all of chapter 64. But before we begin, it's Wednesday, so we're going to take a look at a prayer from the early church from the book, Fount of Heaven. Let us pray. The stars dance for you, Lord, while seasons laugh and sing. Planets shine for you, announcing your wisdom, your light sing to the glorious Trinity. Here below, we too are your glory. We exist to sing your praises, light of the world. Immortal one, glory's highest, you took on mortal flesh so you could put an end to our grief. I live for you and my songs arise for you. I am a breathing sacrifice, putting aside all the things I once possessed. So I give to you, now the only thing remaining. I will be silent, or sing at your will. May I do your bidding either way. May I say what is right and nothing else. With your guidance, let me be the pearl in the mud, the gold in the sand, the rose in the thorny thicket. Let me hear what is pure in the noise of life. Amen. Okay, we are going to finish up chapter 63, beginning with verse 15, and go all the way through chapter 64. Hear the word of the Lord. Look down from heaven and see from your holy and beautiful habitation. Where are your zeal and your might? The stirring of your inner parts and your compassion are held back from me. For you are our Father. Though Abraham does not know us and Israel does not acknowledge us, you, O Lord, are our Father. Our Redeemer from of old is your name. O Lord, why do you make us wander from your ways and harden our heart so that we fear you not? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your heritage. Your holy people held possession for a little while. Our adversaries have trampled down your sanctuary. We have become like those over whom you have never ruled, like those who are not called by your name. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen of God besides you, who acts for those who wait for him. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness. Those who remember you in your ways. Behold, you are angry and we sinned. In our sins, we have been a long time and shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hands. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord. Remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please look, we are all your people. Your holy cities have become a wilderness. Zion has become a wilderness. Jerusalem, a desolation. Our holy and beautiful house, where our fathers praised you, has been burned by fire, and all our pleasant places have become ruins. Will you restrain yourself at these things, O Lord? Will you keep silent 
and afflict us so terribly. As we come to this part of Isaiah, we see that the ESV has given it the heading, Prayer for Mercy. And we're going to see that this call for mercy is also asking for judgment on those who oppress the people of God. But we'll get down to that further in the passage. But here at the top in verse 16, we see this statement, Look down from heaven and see from your holy and beautiful habitation. Where are your zeal and your might, the stirring of your inner parts and your compassion, are held back from me. They have seen the judgment of God. And so they are asking God, please look down, see what is going on. You are holy. You are good. You have zeal and might for your people, but you don't seem to be showing it to me. We don't seem to be seeing the favor of God here. And the prophet acknowledges, you're our father, though Abraham does not know us and Israel does not acknowledge us, you, O Lord, are our father. Our redeemer from of old is your name. Even though they have been the people of God for a long time, Abraham is long dead, Israel or Jacob is long dead, you are our father. You have been. You're the redeemer of your people. That's your name. That's who you are, God. And so they're calling out here for God to come and to rescue them, to save them from the oppression that they have from these people that God used as instruments of judgment against them, right? So we see this interesting phrase here in 64 verse 1, and it's a rather famous passage. You've probably heard it before. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries and that the nations might tremble at your presence. What Isaiah wants is for God to come and to judge these people who are oppressing them. And what is he saying? Make your name known. You, by your being absent, God, the people are doing whatever they want. They don't feel as though there is any judgment for them coming against your people. So come, you have adversaries. Judge them. May the nations know who you are. You are the God who is. You are the God who has the power to do this. Make these nations tremble at your presence, these people who are oppressing them. And so Isaiah goes to this monotheistic uh, thought here, right? He's acknowledging that there is just one God in the midst of the, the paganism and the pantheism that is all about this region. There is the monotheists that are the Hebrew people. They know the one true God. And this is what Isaiah says, from of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you. There is none other. And this God has chosen the people of Israel to be his people. They are particular people for his glory. And so we see here that you can call upon this God as the people of God to come and rescue them. That is what he is expecting. And so what do we see? Verse 5, you meet him who joyfully works righteousness. Those who remember you in your ways, behold, you were angry and we sinned. Isaiah acknowledges their iniquity. He acknowledges their guilt. He is saying, you know, hey, we, we deserve this. We have become, verse 6, like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away. He acknowledges their guilt. 
And that is really important. This is repentance on the part of the prophet here. He is doing this for the people, speaking for the people, acknowledging that they deserved this judgment. But now they're calling for God to come down, to rend the heavens, to judge the nations who have oppressed them. And so we see this prayer continue in verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you're the potter. Do what you will. We're the work of your hand. Don't be angry with us, O Lord. Remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please look. We are all your people. Come to us. We are but clay in your hands. Do your good will with us. Do this to bring glory to yourself. And so we see as this closes up, our holy and beautiful house where our fathers praised you has been burned by fire and all our pleasant places have become ruins. Yes, God, we have sinned against you. We have deserved this wrath that we have received. But look at what has happened. What have the people done when they came and judged us? What happened? They burned by fire your house. Your beautiful house, that's that's where our fathers worshipped you. This is where your rites and your rituals that we were to give to you took place. It's been destroyed. It's become ruins. So they should be judged. Those who have destroyed that should be judged. And so we see, verse 12, we restrain yourself with these things, O Lord. You judged us for our sin. Will you allow your house to be destroyed? Will you keep silent and, and afflict us so terribly? So there's this call for mercy. But it, this, but it is also a call of judgment upon those who are oppressing them. So as we think about what we are to do with this passage ourselves, may we focus on this idea of repentance. Notice how Isaiah acknowledges the sin of the people, and he includes himself in there, right? Notice that attitude of repentance. May we have that attitude. May we understand our need for the mercy of God. May we desire to have that assurance that he has shown us that mercy. And may we remember that because we're in Christ, because Christ died for us, because he has shown us the ultimate mercy in taking on the wrath of God for our sin, may we rejoice in that, that God has shown himself to us. He has shown himself in mercy And he has shown himself to the nations. So may we declare that saving grace to the nations that the name of Christ might be glorified. Let's close up with prayer. Triune God, look down from heaven and see from your holy and beautiful habitation. You are our Father, our Redeemer from of old is your name. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, and that you might make your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. From of old no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. Grant that we would be a people who wait for you and joyfully work righteousness and remember you in all our ways. Today, we lift up to you the missionaries that our congregation supports. We lift up those that serve here in our nation and those that serve in other parts of the world. And we lift up the ministry of Mission E4 in Haiti. We ask that their witness to your name would be built up as they care for those in the communities that they serve. Embolden their lips to share the good news of the gospel. As we step out into your world today, we ask that you would bless the work of our hands and that we would be mindful of your word that we might exhibit the fruit of the Spirit and bring glory to Jesus. We pray all of this in his precious name. Amen. 
Okay, we are through Isaiah chapter 64. We'll pick up with verse 1 of 65 next time. We will see you then. Thank you for joining us for Dwell in the Word. To learn more about First Reformed Church, head on over to our Facebook page or website, edgertonfrc.org.